altitude's undefeated. Crap, we able to punch it up, whatever it was in. Not a huge time, I think. I don't know where I was going. I looked like I was running and I started to talk to someone. I don't know what I was doing. I tell you what, Matt, we don't get much by you, that's for sure. Putting the high line with Rabbi in red. Talking the rabbits and turning heads. With questions from you and analysis. In your car, in your home. Thank you for tuning to Holy Hello, Rapids fans. You are listening to Holding the High Line with Rabbi in Red. My name is Matt Pollard. It is Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Um, Bit of a different show tonight. We've done this a few times in years past. Mark and I couldn't really get the schedules to work, but there's a bunch of little tidbits of news that are necessary to address. So we're going to do a voice note, pen pal, episode so um news from the news from this past week just to confirm um i confirmed late last week that the colorado rapids uh acquired goalkeeper zach stefan on a free transfer from manchester city that changes the uh the the rapids math around the goalkeeper situation and i will talk on that cole bassett has signed a four-year extension with the club through 2027 that will make him a u22 player and there's some implications later on down for that contract uh, as I first reported, nice little scoop by me, a Pollard Ping, the Rapids have acquired Jasper Loffelson, Loffelson, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, midfielder from Real Salt Lake, <clears throat> and then they have signed Adam Beaudry, goalkeeper who spent some time with Rapids 2 last year, to a homegrown contract for this upcoming season. And then we also have words on the, we have some news on the Rapids 2024, um, uh, media Day, which will be this coming Monday, MLK Day. Rabbi will hopefully be attending that via Zoom. I will be attending that in location amongst other members of No One Good FC. And then the Rapids have also uh, released a fan survey that is complementing the uh, the season ticket member town halls that they were doing late last year. So uh, Mark is best put to is best in the best position to talk about the Jasper Lovelson trade and the signing of Adam Beaudry as he is more in the thick of it when it comes to the academy than I am. I'm pretty sure Rabbi had a uh, had Adam Beaudry in one of his academy player spreadsheets going back to the very early days of this podcast, maybe even four or five years ago we're talking. <clears throat> and then uh, as Rabbi will talk about Lovelson played his college ball at the University of Pittsburgh, which Rabbi covered the Pitt men's Panthers team for a few years while he was there. So we will feature uh, Mark uh, right now, and then we'll come back to me. I'll talk about the other news and notes as well. And then I attended the I attended a MLS media day in which we had uh, Jordi Mihailovic for five or six minutes. So we'll play that as a nice little treat for those of you who want to stick around for the end of the podcast. But now here is Rabbi's voice note talking the Jasper Lofelson trade and Adam Beaudry signing as a homegrown goalkeeper. Yo, this your boy. The rabbi, Mark Goodman. We're dropping a voice note uh, since we don't have a whole ton of news, and Matt figured he wanted to drop probably uh, his opinion and my opinion separately uh, for a short little pod this week. Uh, first up, uh, shameless self-promotion. 
Also, Holding the Highline have some new merchandise coming out only for our subscribed Highliners, which will be available starting at the beginning of the season. We should be sending that stuff out on March 1st. And here's the deal, folks. If you would like to be a subscriber to Holding the Highline, both our Substack and our podcast to help support the amazing work we do, uh, we're going to let you get in at the existing original rate of $42 for the year. Uh, Of course, there's also our Gallery of Honor level uh, at $96, and that will get you a shot at, you will get a, uh, you will get our new merchandise sent to you. But here's the deal. If you subscribe after March 1st, when the MLS season gets kicked off and the new season of Holding the Highline kicks off, we're going to be raising that membership level, raising the Highliner rate to $48. So if you want to get in on the ground level, now's the time to do it between now and March 1st to get that free merchandise that we're going to offer to all our Highliners. You're going to want to subscribe right now. Now, on to the football opinions. Uh, As Matt almost certainly mentioned, the Colorado Rapids have signed Jasper Jasper Lofelson of RSL. Lofelson came out in the 2022 Super Draft and was signed to a um, a uh, MLS Next contract and then immediately signed to a pro contract by our uh, mortal enemies, Real Salt Lake, back in 2022. He had two good seasons for the team, was an incredibly effective contributor considering that he was one of the Mr. Irrelevance of uh, the 2022 draft, one of the final picks uh, that RSL made at the tail end of, I think, the third round, the 84th selection, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I just wanted to add a few wrinkles to whatever Matt uh, has told you. Uh, Thing one, Jasper Lofelson is a happy graduate student alumni of the University of Pittsburgh. That's right. He is a uh, Pitt member. And so that meant that in the two years I covered the men's team out here, I got to watch a lot of him. Lofelson played his undergraduate and graduate school days uh, here at Pitt. He played for five whole years because of the pandemic. Um, he mostly played at right back as a high overlapping fullback who um, could also kind of run the point of attack and uh, additionally could switch to the left side when needed. Um, an extremely talented player originally out of Germany, but in the United States long enough that he uh, has his own green card um, and may even be working towards citizenship. I'm not sure. Um, Lofelson was signed to a one-year contract with three club option years in his original year. That means that the contract of the Rapids are almost certainly in, uh, uh, inheriting from RSL is a contract for 2024 with a club option for 2025. Um, the most important thing that I can add that Matt probably hasn't already said is that Lofelson, uh, as an outside back, has extremely, and in, in my time of watching him, has extremely good possession skills um, and also the ability to deliver a ball on the run as well as the ability to kind of uh, strong point the attack for his team from an offensive perspective. So Jasper Lofelson is an exceptional player um, a really good pickup. I have a feeling that Chris Armas really wants him because he offers something in the high press, um, and he can also be an offensive piece. With RSL, he has been a defensive midfielder, which means that he might be forecast as uh, potentially both the backup to uh, Connor Ronan 
or the backup to Keegan Rosenberry, although I think it's possible that the Rapids think that he is strong enough that he could be in the center of the pitch as one of the five midfielders the Rapids will likely use in a 4-2-3-1. That would be um, Ronan and Lofelson uh, in front, and in front of the two of them would be Omir Fernandez, Cole Bassett, and Jordi Mihailovic. That, to me, feels like a very good midfielder for this team. Um, of course, you might argue that it doesn't offer a lot of speed on the wings, but my prediction is that this Rapids team will focus less on speed on the wings and more on uh, possession and high-press defensive uh, uh, look uh, as a team. So that's a little bit about uh, Lofelson. Uh, additionally, the Rapids uh, sent over to RSL in exchange for Lofelson 100000 in GAM, an international spot, and the Colorado Rapids natural 2025 second round super draft pick. Um, the most important and interesting thing out of that is that the sale or trade of the international spot takes the Rapids from eight international spots down to seven. Those international spots are currently fully occupied by Marco Illich, Andreas Maxo, Rafael Navajo, Sidney Tavares, um, Connor Ronan, uh, Alex Gersbach, and finally Kevin Cabral. It is entirely possible, like always, that one of those spots will um, open up if one of those players either gets a green card or the Rapids go out and buy an additional international slot. But as it stands, if the Rapids wanted to bring in an international player from any other team to finish up in their roster moves for 2024, they will also have to acquire an international slot. My take on the sale of their international spot to RSL is that the team is either mostly done with their moves or mostly done with their moves for foreign players and expects that the rest of the acquisitions that they'll make will be domestic. Um, next piece of business, I am not surprised at all that the Colorado Rapids signed to a homegrown contract uh, uh, Adam Baudray. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Adam and your mom, if Adam's mom and dad, if you guys are uh, uh, would like to send in a correction, I'd be happy to um, note it on the podcast. Uh, Adam has been an impressive U.S. youth national team player for the last couple of years, has been called up for multiple opportunities to play abroad um, with the U19s and the U17s. He's a very strong, big, burly, six-foot-one uh, goalkeeper, very talented kid, comes out of the Rapids Academy um, and has played in Colorado for his entire life. Um, has come up with the Rapids uh, since he was knee-high to a bug. That is a really great thing to be able to say, that our academy is still churning out quality players, um, and also that Chris Sharpie has been his goalkeeper coach forever. This was a very expected move uh, for from my end. In fact, I expected him to uh, supplant Abrod, Abra Abraham Rodriguez as the Rapids' number two goalkeeper um, this season, but it looks like with the move of Illich to the number two, with Zach Steffen coming in as the Rapids goalkeeper number one. Beaudry will spend most of his time as the backup to the backup, the um, breaking case of emergency third string goalkeeper. He'll spend the whole season probably at R2, um, but the Rapids have him under control for the next four years with, I believe, two option years on top of that. It's great news for Colorado fans. It's great news for our academy. 
Um, there's no downside uh, to this. It's a it's a great acquisition. Uh, and in the event that um, it doesn't pan out because he's a homegrown signing, um, he will get all the opportunities. He'll be able to go back to college. Um, he will uh, definitely have uh, all the opportunity with uh, another team if the team decides to sell him on and his financial implications for the team are low enough um, that this is just win, 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 win. So um, congratulations, Adam, to joining the senior team. A big move in your life. Um, that's pretty much it for me. I, I'm just uh, giving the the kind of the quick and the dirty of my opinion. I'm really happy with all the moves that the Colorado Rapids have made this week. There's going to be probably a few more moves either by the end of the week or um, early next week. Of course, Monday, apparently, uh, there is supposed to be a um, press uh, conference with uh, the media, uh, media day for the Colorado Rapids on MLK Day. Um, I will be hopefully able to attend that via Zoom and trying to make my first plans to get out and see the Colorado Rapids in person this year. So hopefully sometime in the month of uh, June or July, you will all see my shining happy face out at DSGP. Um, final thing before I sign off, uh, holding the High Line, we already have a Substack, we already have a Facebook, uh, we of course have our podcast. We've recently added a, 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 sorry, I did this backwards. What is wrong with me? Um, we have a Twitter, uh, aka X, but we now have a Facebook, and we would love for you to help out get getting us more popular on the Facebook where we don't have a huge presence and we could use one. Um, if you could like and subscribe, uh, click the Facebook bu uh, button, go onto your Facebook, search the term holding the high line, uh, and add us. We won't spam you. We won't annoy you. This is a great way for us to promote our articles, continue growing this amazing HTHL community that we have so that all of you can get the super cool merch, uh, and listen to the best Colorado Rapids podcast around. And even if we're not the best, even if you tune in to some of the others, like the C38 podcast when they're running it, um, like, of course, the awesome DNVR podcast on the Colorado Rapids, which we really, really like. Um, you know, we like to say that we don't necessarily have to have been the best podcast on the Colorado Rapids, but we are the oldest. Uh, and for a while, we were the only. But now we're just the oldest. We're glad for you to help support the podcast, the best way to do that other than to be a highliner is to go click the like button on Facebook. Thanks to all y'all and I will see you in a week or two. Peace. And we're back holding the high line with just red rabbi. Thank you for the voice note and your very astute comments on those two players that you discuss. So we'll start this for my spiel listeners in chronological order late last week over the weekend even i confirmed that from the uh, from a club source that um zach Steffen was acquired on a free transfer and that significantly shifts how i feel about this acquisition i think as soon as there as soon as there was interest and there was option for Zach Steffen to come back to MLS and the fact that Manchester City was willing to let him walk for free given that they paid $7 million for him back in the summer of 2019 to come over from Columbus Crew. Another way in which City are just a, you know, uh, an endless money pit that they're able to spend money willy-nilly and I don't know if this... Uh, I'm not going to comment on whether or not this makes it 152 financial irregularities and violations as far as the Premier League and FFP are concerned, or if they're still just at the uh, 151. 
But in any case, I think the Rapids front office would have been stupid to not pursue Stefan, given the upside that you have with him, the fact that in Major League Soccer, he is clearly an above-average shot stopper, and that's something the Rapids have had that has been a weakness. Basically, after Tim Howard's first year with the club, the Rapids have had relatively average goalkeeping as far as the metrics that evaluate that. I've spoken in the past about how about William Yarbrough's key value and how that's not something that's easily quantifiable when it comes to MLS goalkeeping metrics, but they've had relatively average shot stoppers. And if you look at the um, American soccer analysis and the goals added, the G plus stat for goalkeepers, Marco Ilicha <clears throat> cumulatively from last season was the worst goalkeeper in MLS. And if you look at the main component where he was significantly below average, it was his shot stopping. And so if you're looking at an option to bring in a player who's going to be, who's going to be a domestic player, who clearly has value in terms of potential to getting back with the national team, which improves the profile of the club. And then also that then could lead to a resale back to Europe and you're bringing him on TAM, targeted allocation money that is discretionary spending that the club and ownership are clearly willing to support, separate, related to, but independent and not um, not conditional in that it was one or the other in terms of the transfer fee and the DP spending on Jordi Mihailovic, I think you would have been dumb to not pursue this option. And so the fact that he's coming in on Tim, if Zach Steffen can be a... I will say a top 10 goalkeeper in MLS overall, a top five shot stopper in MLS, then I think he will absolutely be worth the value. And if he gets this right, he significantly improves what I think will already be an improved defense in terms of the Colorado Rapids because of what is going to be better in the midfield for the team. And then certainly I think a very stabilized center back pairing if we're talking about Andreas Maxo. There's a possibility, listeners, I may have been mispronouncing Andreas's last name this entire time, and I just misheard him the first time that I asked him how to pronounce his name. And then Moise Bambito as the other center back, then I feel much better about this situation. And so my previous concern about the macro spending and the roster build and the um, planning over the course of the long term at the goalkeeper position was about the Rapids functionally spending three transfer fees on three straight goalkeepers, replacing William Yarbrough, who wasn't going to win any awards, but you knew what you had in him, and he was good enough, or he wasn't part of, he wasn't the reason the team was going to fail, but not necessarily was going to raise them up to success with everything else going wrong around him. And then the uh, clear decision to pursue Marco Ilicha, maybe at the expense of what they thought Yarbrough could have still been, to then upgrade to Zach Steffen, still only spend the 800k in the transfer fee for Illich, not make that potentially a $2 million plus transfer fee, and then you're talking probably combined $2 million in terms of the salary for them. If Steffen can just get on the radar back for the national team, as in by midway through this upcoming MLS season, is he on the preliminary roster for Greg Berhalter for Copa America? Not even is he one of the final three that actually goes to Copa America, but like, can he be an option by the end of 2024 with the Rapids? Can he be called into the MLS camp cupcake over the winter that is starting right now for 
the U.S. Men's National Team for 2024. Can Stefan get into that for 2025? That immediately is an upgrade to the position in terms of pedigree. And then I think maybe not Manchester City, but other European clubs looking to spend less than $7 million on an American goalkeeper could potentially be interested in him. Moving on, let's talk about Cole Bassett, who has signed a four-year extension with the Colorado Rapids. This takes him through 2027. If he sees out the entirety of that four-year extension, then it is very likely that he will be top five in club history in terms of minutes played, possibly appearances, assists is a possibility. He's going to have to start. He's going to have to be Cole Bassett for four straight years, basically. I think for him to unseed several of the strikers the true number nines that are ahead of ahead of him on that list but I think this was a good move by the club given that Bassett was in the final was going into the final year of his contract for 2024 so potentially in the summer he could have signed a pre-contract with another team in MLS or a pre-contract to join a European team in January of 2025 and he was also eligible for MLS free agency. So even if he does not sign a pre-contract by the end of the this coming MLS season, then the Rapids are competing from a money standpoint with other teams, something that now is a contracted player. Obviously, the Rapids were able to give him a raise. And so, um, and I think it's great that he's taking up a U22 slot. Right now, it is him and it is Sidney Tavares. Based on the 2023 roster rules, the Rapids are in position to have all three the maximum of three U22 slots, Gustavo Vallecilla and Max Alves, who have now departed the club, previously had those spots alongside Sidney Tavares. And so the rules are a little bit ambiguous, and it's not quite clear based on Cole's situation that he's eligible for U22. Technically, it should be that um, players are only eligible if they sign at the age of 22 or younger, and that is for the season that is coming. So if they are turning 23 in the MLS season year in which they sign the contract, they are not eligible for U22. Cole's birthday is in the summer. He's 22 right now, so he will be 23 in 2024. Ergo, he would not be eligible for being a U22 player or signing U22 contract in the calendar year of 2024. The eligibility rules also state that players are eligible if they are signing their first or their second MLS contract. Bassett signed his original homegrown contract in the summer of 2019, joining the club in the first year of Anthony Hudson. And then Bassett signed his extension in this would have been in early 2022 upon, excuse me, early 20, yes, early 22 upon being loaned to Feyenoord Rotterdam and so there's not really there's not a clarification in the roster rules about Cole's eligibility or ineligibility in terms of this being his third contract so there's a few things that could be happening here listeners um MLS could be updating these rules for 2024. There's a few ways that they could be doing this. They could be updating the age eligibility component. They could be adding a stipulation for a player coming into their third contract. They could be adding a stipulation for a player who's been with one MLS club for the entirety and potentially entering their final year of that contract for teams to extend them and then sweeten the deal from a roster compliance, uh, from a roster budgeting standpoint. Uh, with him being a uh, a U22 player, there's a few things that could be going on. But the clubs, you know, released the press release. Bassett is officially a U22 player. Um, 
the other thing that I'm kind of wondering about is maybe like we've seen before where MLS kind of MLS makes up a rule on the spot and then kind of experiments to see how it goes and then teams going through that experiment, running the gauntlet, if you will, then come across an issue or an idea that then creates the new rule. So example, we could say the LA Galaxy trying to bring David Beckham creates the David Beckham rule, the David Beckham experiment that is the idea of the designated player comes into existence. Uh, Targeted allocation money came into existence when the Galaxy wanted to bring in, I believe it was Giovanni Dos Santos, and they already had three DPs. So MLS makes up a rule. That is where targeted allocation money comes in. That was technically the Omar Gonzalez rule to allow the Galaxy to buy down their cheapest designated player, Omar Gonzalez, to then free up a DP slot to then sign Giotto Santos. So maybe there is some rule that is changing for 2024 that the clubs already know about that has not yet been publicized that will be the Cole Bassett rule, or maybe there's some exception in there as well. You know, I, I kind of think if we're looking at it, the reason why the Rapids signed the extension for the length of it that they did for Bassett when he went to Feyenoord was it was an 18-month loan, and then there was an option to buy between the start of the loan and the end of the loan at any point. And then so Bassett would have come back had he stayed for the entire 18 months in the Netherlands, and Feyenoord not yet purchased that. That would have taken him all of 22 and then into 23. And then so he comes in with... Um, only he comes in with such a short time left on his availability. And so then maybe MLS sees, you know, saw that as that extension was made because of the nature of the loan. And then therefore specifying this wasn't Bassett playing a five-year contract for year one for his first contract, a five-year contract for year two, and then coming into his 11th year at the club, signing a new deal to then be a U22 player. Not saying that the Rapids or anybody are signing 11-year-olds to first-team deals, but so... There's a lot of detailed minutia. There's a lot of different things that could be changing here to where, based on the rules as I understand it, Bassett is not eligible for being a U22 player, where actually he is, and we just don't know it. I realize I've probably lost a bunch of you. Bassett's a U22 player. He's only going to count 200 k against the salary budget cap for this year, next year, and the year after, and the year in which he turns, excuse me, this year and next year, and then for 24, 25, for 2026, the year in which he turns 26, um, he will be a... Uh, he will no longer be a U22 player. He will also be eligible, based on the salary standpoint, to make up to 200k above the max budget. That puts him at about 850k maximum salary. And if Bassett achieves what the club thinks that he can in that, from a ba- from a budget salary standpoint, and from a how much the Rapids are actually paying him, he will absolutely be worth that money. To say nothing of if he gets back to being where he was in 2020, 2021, I don't think he stays with the Rapids for the full four years because some. Somebody else, maybe not Feyenoord, maybe not a club playing, uh, you know, striving for Europa League, comes in at a number that the Rapids cannot refuse and an opportunity that Bassett cannot turn down in terms of a softer and a better landing spot in Europe. So those are my thoughts on Bassett. I realize I just brought up uh, Max Alvis, so let's talk U22 slots as well. Um, If you look at the roster rules as they are right now, and then based on the moves that are going on elsewhere, I have a sense that the league is going to change the rules around eligibility for teams to have three U22 players as opposed to one or two. And that's based on the moves that Inter-Miami is making. And while I'm not sure that the Rapids are, well, I'm not sure that MLS is willing to make a whole lot of Cole Bassett or Moise Bambito or... 
um, or uh, Connor Ronan rules for the Colorado Rapids. They are absolutely willing to make a, oh, Messi and, and Inner Miami want to do XYZ. Let's make those XYZ rules and then let's just make them retroactively eligible for other players as well. So I believe. Haven't been able to confirm, but I'm very confident that the Rapids will have a third U22 slot that's available, possibly right now, certainly by the summer. And I have to think that spot is earmarked for that next number six signing that they are bringing in. And I think once they do that, I think the roster is pretty much set outside of maybe the draft picks or a few fringe guys, maybe Yosuke Hanya crushing it in preseason and then earning a first team contract. So that's really the only thing that I'm holding out for. That's the only position that I have concern for. But as Rabbi mentioned, uh, Jasper Loffelson uh, could solve some of those problems. Maybe Chris Armas has some brilliant ideas for how to turn Ralph Preso into a better player than he was under Robin Frazier. So that's the thoughts on U22. I realized I had not mentioned, um, so the Colorado Rapids have also transferred Max Alves to Brazilian first team uh, Guaba. Uh, Guiaba, I think it's the, I don't think the C-U-I is actually with a C. I think it's a G, or at least that's something that I was told. In any case, Max Alves is no longer a Colorado Rapids player. Um, I think this was best for all parties. The investigation is ongoing. Um, I do not know the specifics of what's going on with the investigation. I have heard there is belief that with the investigation going on, Max was ineligible either by some FIFA rule or by the legal rule in order to keep playing abroad but he could play in brazil so that's where transferring and transferring back to brazil better for him better for his family and he's actually eligible to play um that is a possibility but in any case um with all due respect to the player and to the individual this is something with empathy towards the individual and the player this is something that i no longer care about or is no longer it's no longer affecting the rapids it's no longer affecting mls this headache is now guiaba's problem this headache is still max alves and his representations problem but this headache is gone from a rapids perspective salary freed up international roster slot feed up a freed up and u22 slot potentially also freed up or made or transferred over to Cole Bassett. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. I do think Max, in my interactions, very brief with him. I do believe that he is a good person. Obviously didn't speak a whole lot of lick of English, but I saw these little moments where he was a good teammate or there was a soccer ball at field 20 that was kicked over and across the, um, it's the road that is north of DSG. Let's see. Someone, I'm, I'm, I'm sure people are yelling at me what the actual the name of that road is. It's not Victory Boulevard. Prairie Parkway. Um, so I have seen north of Field 20 a soccer ball be kicked over uh, Prairie Parkway, which turns into Central Park Boulevard. And the players are walking by, and Max very carefully crosses the street, brings the ball back, and then hands it. Not kicks it to, hands it to the um, equipment manager who is collecting all the balls. So I do believe that Max is a good person. I think that, that was a representation of it. I have no idea about his innocence or um, his situation. He has since spoken finally publicly on this, basically espousing his innocence and that he's good to go and he never did anything wrong. I, I hope that he's innocent. I hope that he's able to get through and keep playing. I hope that the Brazilian mafia or whoever was involved doesn't come after him and that he's safe and everything. I hope his parents are okay, given the financial pressures that Max might have felt in um in choosing to do what, uh, in do, doing what he was alleged to have done if he did it, 
wow, I could have said that a little simpler, listeners. But in any case, this is no longer the Rapids' headache. This is no longer MLS's headache. The investigation could continue. Uh, the MLS investigation, I should point out, could continue, and it's unlikely if it is to continue, be concluded until after all the legal stuff has happened and FIFA renders a decision about Max's playing future, to say nothing of potential fines, potential having to give the money back, two to six years in prison in Brazil, being suspended by the Brazilian authorities from playing sport there, and then FIFA coming in and suspending him globally, effectively retiring him from playing or participating in soccer professionally. Um, but so this is no longer something that the Rapids are hanging on to or that is being lorded over and inhibiting the club going forward. And in that regard, it was the best decision, even if the Rapids were ultimately eating all or most of that reported $1 million transfer fee that they spent in getting Max. Uh, we've seen the club be willing to be really brutal from a money standpoint with a sunk cost fallacy, and Max was increasingly becoming a sunk cost. Okay, so we talked U22, we talked Max, we talked... Um, so the last thing I believe that we want to talk about listeners before we get to Jordi Mihailovic's stuff is, as I have reported, the Rapids, as far as the last step towards understanding the fan experience, what they can do with the stadium, what they can do with whatever becomes the new branded name for Victory Crossing, the club has released a open form on their website, it's on their socials, it's on the club website for a fan survey. Um, so I see here Rapids tweeted out yesterday, January 10th, uh, your thoughts and opinions are invaluable for understanding what you love about our club and fan experience by completing the survey below. Let your voice, uh, let your voice be heard. And together we will elevate our club to new heights exclamation mark. And so there's a nice little graphic there that the, um, that the graphic design team put out, the Colorado Rapids want to hear from you. Help share the future plan for Dick's Sporting Goods Park. We have talked about this in the past, listeners. Many of you are skeptical about whether or not this will actually lead to something, or is this just lip service or allowing the fans to provide lip service to the team, or if something is happening. For all of you who have complained about this club and the way it is run and the way that KSC operates and then what that has meant for the product on the field, off the field, the engagement in the community, the stadium, victory crossing being the empty promise that was never fulfilled and that sign deteriorated and eventually there was so much bad PR and hullabaloo about it on social that the club in the dead of night removed those signs from Valencia and um, what is it and 56th. Those of you who have complained, this is your opportunity to be and moan against the club in ways that functionally they will be measuring and collecting that data. And if anything is coming of this, if nothing else, it will turn into members of the front office and hire people at the club and KSC sitting down and potentially meeting with Stan and Josh and sharing this feedback of this is how you are failing this fan base in this community. What Josh and Stan do with that, how many zeros are on the check that they do or do not promise to cash as a result of that, what happens with what becomes Victory Crossing or the stadium or, you know, as I've reported, the redeveloped West Tower, as they've called it and everything, I have no idea, but this is your chance to get your pound of flesh and then rather than just complain, rather than to just scream into the void or yell at a member of the media or blame no one good FC for us not asking good questions, that don't lead to the fundamental chain of the change of the club for all those of you who I have guarded against saying tweeting at Colorado Rapids commenting on their tweets and complaining about stuff you are just yelling at a Twitter admin who 
who loves their job and is doing what they can to help the club and that won't actually change anything, this is your opportunity to scream directly at the people who have been failing you for years. I will include a link to the survey in the show notes of this podcast. Let your voices be heard. Take your pound of flesh. If there is any opportunity for there to be movable change on this that does not require the unsanctioned, HTHL disapproved uh, insurrectioning of DSG or something else violent or beyond the protest, this is now your chance. The fact that this is happening is evidence that the protest back during the New England Revolution home game on September 21st, if I remember my calendar dates correctly, this is proof that the club saw that, saw that it was bad and wants to take action. Double down. Do not let this be, do not go quietly into the night and allow this to simply slip by and have the club think, oh, that was a one-time thing for 200 or 300 people with C-38 or the Locos. This needs to have 10, 15 plus thousand minimum people responding to this and providing the constructive and fair negative feedback that they have had. This is your chance for you to state that you want your club back and here is how you can go about doing it. Link is in the show notes. Fill out that survey, please. With that, listeners, I think we've touched on all the news and notes of things that we wanted to talk about. I will be at the uh, 2024 Rapids Media Day on Monday, MLK Day. We'll be having availability with Pork Smith, with uh, Chris Armis. Let me look up. We got an email about this. I will let you know who else will be joining. Um, and then we will also have Keegan Rosenberry and Cole Bassett. I have heard that the Rapids are looking to possibly finalize their captain by then. So I am reading into a little bit the fact that Keegan has been invited to Rapids Media Day. Cole obviously got the contract extension, but then we also have four of the new players as well. Uh, so Omir Fernandez and Miguel Navarro will be made available, and then Jordi Mihailovic and Zach Steffen as well. So tweet at us, at rapids 96 Podcast if you have a question that you think would be a good question to ask any of those people who I just mentioned. Um, the audio will probably be so well spread out by the club and circulated by the club social platforms itself that we will record the audio from that media day, but maybe won't feature it. It won't be necessary, but certainly next week we will talk about that. And without further ado, here is the MLS media day availability availability from earlier today with new Rapids designated player, Jordi Mihailovic. I was able to ask him a question, albeit virtually. Um, and I thought he said some interesting things. I will let his words speak for, I will let him speak for himself with his own words. Listeners, we'll see you next week. Enjoy Jordi. You have big names that are joining the league, which means that there's more eyes on the MLS. How do you think that will impact you, Colorado Rapids, and what do you think you guys need to do to also bring the attention to not just Inter-Miami and the big games, that in, the big names that Inter-Miami is going to have this season? Um, well, I'm, I'm new to Colorado, and I won't be the, the last signing they make, I don't think. Uh, it seems like there's going to be a pretty big rebuild in Colorado. Um and Colorado has ambitions to be the best team in the league. That's that's plain and simple. You know, the last two years for them haven't been haven't been good enough. Three years ago, they were top of the West, and that's where they they want to get to. That's where I want to get to. And I'm coming back from Europe to to challenge for the cup. That's it. I think Colorado is for me is is a really good opportunity, good challenge. It's fresh. It's new. It's a, it's a beautiful city. 
And in terms of, you know, these big names coming in, it, it makes us want to play better. You know, we get into these games versus these these players that have played at the top level. It makes us want to prove prove to the world because we know the world is watching these guys that uh, uh, that there's good players in MLS besides these big names. Can I go to Kyle in the middle? Yeah. Kyle Bonnegar with ESPN. George, can you kind of walk us through the decision-making to return to MLS as opposed to seeking out another opportunity in Europe? And was it just this Colorado opportunity stood out or was there something about the wanting to be back in the league? Yeah, I mean, earlier last year, there was a thing that happened with my family and that happened in April. And since since then, I've been wanting to come back and be closer to home. Uh, I could probably discuss details later, but yeah, that's that's the truth. And I know I wasn't the football wasn't going as planned too. So it was kind of, you know, my football wasn't great. My personal life wasn't great. And I th- think the, the best thing for me in my career, in my life was to return back to MLS. I wasn't thinking about another stop in Europe somewhere. I know MLS is, is a really big league now. All the eyes are on MLS. And you know, this, I wanted to come back in, into a good moment of MLS. And Colorado was giving me that opportunity to, to challenge myself and to bring the level of the team up. I'm going to go to the right here and then to Jonathan. George, um, Colorado is a city that has seen a lot of success in sports, specifically in the NBA recently with the Nuggets. You're talking about the rebuild that Colorado is going to go through. How do you, as a new player that's joining the team, start to foster that culture of winning that Colorado is now on a high? And, and how do you keep that going on the soccer side? Yeah, I mean, we when I look at the roster, we have uh, a lot of experience in the locker room. And, you know, I have I've one trophy to my name in my six, seven years of playing. And I don't think that's that's good enough. And I, since I was little, I played to to be the best that I can be, but to to win trophies. And I know the that's the mentality that I'm bringing. That's the mentality that Zach's bringing. I think that's the mentality the majority of the locker room has already. Um, it's certainly the front office. Uh, you know the the Nuggets. They they won their first title, right? That was that was in their history, and that was last year. So so Colorado was yesterday on a, a pretty good high in terms of winning. And and I know the owners they wanna they have ambitions to to keep that going with with the Rapids. So we're gonna go to the left with Jonathan. Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, you mentioned Zach Steffen a second ago, also coming to Colorado, and both of you guys have an opportunity here if you can get regular playing time, be on the ball a lot to maybe move back up the U.S. depth chart a little bit. And I wonder if that's something the two of you have discussed with yourselves and with Greg. I haven't talked to Zach about that at all. Um, and yeah, the national team is, is never a certain thing. The, I'm with my club 99% of the year. And before I can think about the national team, I have to make sure my club situation is good. You know, you're never going to be with the national team if you're not playing with your club. So in my opinion, I think if I do have ambitions, and I certainly do to play in the next World Cup, the best opportunity, best way I'll get on the roster is by playing. And I think I have a better opportunity to, if I'm playing in MLS, playing well, to, to get an opportunity with the national versus being on the bench and, and how's that? George, um, here. You played before with a Venezuelan player, Miguel Navarro, at Chicago Fire. Um, how was your relationship with him and um, how important is it for you to have an old mate in a new team? Yeah, I'm not familiar with a lot of guys, and Miguel from Chicago. I think when he came, he didn't know too much English, so we couldn't really bond that well. 
so, but now uh, after a few years, he's picked up a bit English and I was training a bit with him in the off season too in Chicago. So we're going to have a, a good connection just because we're familiar with each other. And, and also, you know, there's, there's guys on the team from the national team that I'm familiar with and uh, definitely looking forward to that regrouping with Miguel. We did receive uh, one question via Zoom from Matthew Pollard of Burgundy Wave, uh, which was, have you had the chance to speak yet to, to Chris Ormus? And, and if so, what are your impressions of him as you both have this new opportunity? Yeah, I spoke with him on the phone and I spoke with him in person. And my first instinct is that he he's a very good people person. And I think that's that's what I had in Montreal with Will. He's very good at connecting with the players on a human level. And to me, that's very important when a, a coach can see the person instead of just a player. Um, we haven't spoke about tactics or anything like that, but, but when you have a, a manager that, that can connect with you on a human level, it makes you want to fight every day for him.